Hi, I'm Cheryl Prashker, and this is FolkPod, the podcast where we'll hear from some of the most prolific and talented musicians on the folk scene. Get ready for a deep dive into a life lived through music in the studio, on the road, and now more than ever, online. If we're lucky, they might even play us a tune and help us figure out what folk music is really all about. Before we get started, a little bit of business. FolkPod is a labor of love, and a whole lot of work goes into every episode. I've heard from a lot of you how much you're enjoying it. So we've put a virtual tip jar up on our website, thefolkpod.com. Please consider leaving us a tip to help pay for the real costs that go into creating this series. There are other ways that you can show your appreciation, too. Like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platforms. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at thefolkpod. And leave us great reviews to help other fans find us. This week's guest is John Davidson. I actually like what his website says. Quote, so is he a comedian, an author, an actor, a musician, a TV host, a singer, an entertainer, or just an old friend that you just can't seem to get rid of? <laughs> I like that. Welcome, John Davidson. Well, thanks for that nice introduction. <laughs> I'd forgotten that we put that on the website, actually. <laughs> I started on Broadway as a Broadway actor-singer and quickly realized that what I really like, even though I've done a lot of Broadway shows and a lot of tours, is singing with my guitar. So I'm not really a folk singer. I don't know how you would define that. I think I'm an entertainer right. who uses his guitar to tell stories and to move people to inspiration or laughter or tears at times. So I write songs that affect people. I don't have any just, I love you because you're beautiful. And <laughs> right. I don't have any of those kind of songs. And I sing other people's songs as well. But yeah. I don't know what you'd call me, but I sure love doing it. An all-around entertainer and a good one at that. Was music always part of your life? Did it start out young? Was there music in school? And How did that start with you? We had a family band. My folks did. Everybody played an instrument. But I used to get out in the basement. I took guitar lessons, and I used to get out in the basement and sing with my guitar, writing songs and singing in the late 50s. Of course, Elvis was an inspiration, and right. Ricky Nelson. and Oh, my favorite. When the folk people came in, that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. I realized the coordination between being able to accompany yourself and sing meaningful songs. That one-man show thing where if it's just you and the guitar, it's a full show. And because it's a rhythm instrument, the guitar, and a tonal instrument, yeah. you can actually be the whole band. So I started realizing that and, and singing at little places in high school. And then in college, I sang with another guy. But then I went off to Broadway, and my first Broadway show was playing Curly in Oklahoma, right. in New York. So I got into Broadway. But then when I got back into television, I always made sure there was a guitar or a banjo segment because it felt more honest to me, I guess, than singing with the full orchestra. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And you started writing pretty young, you said. In the 70s, when I started playing Las Vegas, I realized that it was just row after row of ladies uh, <laughs> sitting there with husbands that didn't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, they had dragged their husbands to see this guy with the hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've always had too much hair. <laughs> so I wrote a song called... I'll sing to your lady to get the guys on my side. I'll sing to this lady. Could she be your wife? Oh, she sure looks pretty. Ah, you bet your life. I see that she's your lady. I've got a lady too. But tonight, just let us be lovers and do what lovers do. I'll sing to your lady. I'll sing to your wife. 
Sing to the pretty lady for just an hour tonight. I'll let her share this moment. Too soon she'll have to go. I'll sing to your lady while you pay for the show. <laughs> Love it. And that was the first laugh. Right. I do a lot of self-deprecating jokes as a gimmick, I guess, to... Sure. To make the guys in the audience laugh, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that worked. And I think I started my career by singing love songs. And I, I would do the latest love song by Barry Manilow and by Kenny Rogers. And mm-hmm. I found that people liked it. Early on, I found that because of the way I looked, maybe, because I don't look like Al Pacino or Robert De Niro, that I couldn't get away with sad songs, a loser. I found that it's better if I sing passionate love songs. I'm going to love you till the mountains fall down. We're going to be together the rest of our lives. That sort of positive passion. Right. I found that worked for me, and so I use that. <laughs> you and I go on forever Like the stars that light the sky You and I So when it came to Broadway, it's a whole different style of singing and a whole different ball game. Do you miss Broadway? No, I don't. I think my voice is still in good shape now as I'm going to turn 80. In December, I'll be 80. I don't believe that. I'm singing (laughs) as well or maybe better Wow. As I always did because of my Broadway vocal training, I realized about 15 years ago that the voice is a wind instrument. I know that's obvious, but mm-hmm. it's a wind instrument. Other wind instruments are trumpet and baritone horn and tuba. Even there's a wind instrument. In other words, you use air. You don't pluck it. You don't right. beat on it like a drum. You're using wind, air. And so I practiced breathing. I had a voice teacher that taught me how to take in air effortlessly and soundlessly to really open your throat and just drop the air down all the way down to your diaphragm and then support that column of air. So that's helped me get through Broadway shows that were vocally demanding. And, you know, I did Man of La Mancha. I did a lot of Music Man tours where you could really blow your voice. If, well, you got trouble, my friends. Right here, I say trouble right here in River City. Why, sure, I'm a billion player. Certainly mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say. I consider that the hours that I spend with a cue in my hand are going, you know, it's called trouble. And if you do all that right. for an hour and a half. Every night of the week. By the end of the show, you've got to sing, There were bells on the hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all till there was you. So you've got to have something left. Yeah, right. Musical by the end to sing that love song. And the only way you can do that is by making sure that you keep breathing. I hear so many singers who are not using the air properly. So that's been my key to try to keep going just for survival. Speaking of keys, do you sing in the same key you did, let's say 30 years ago? Has your voice changed at all? I'm singing a little higher. It's amazing. And a little lower. No kidding. My range has increased. Really? Since, as I say, about 10 years ago, I began to realize that if I sing with the air first and then get my chords together, 
cleanly second. In other words, always start with that air. Throw that air up behind your teeth, up between your eyes, and support that air. It'll go better. So my range is actually increased by probably two notes since I've realized that I'm singing with air. That's incredible. Yeah. That's a really good tip for young artists. Was being a singer or songwriter or touring musician the goal when you were younger or... Did TV just happen by accident? How did that all happen? Well, I started on Broadway. I was a theater arts major at Denison University in Ohio. Okay. And I went to New York to become a Broadway juvenile and then a leading man. And a guy named Bob Banner, a television producer, saw me in a Broadway show. And he said, I want to help you be a multifaceted performer. I said, I just want to be Lancelot in Camelot. Or <laughs> right. I just want to be Don Quixote in Man of La Mancha or whatever. And he said, well, the great careers have done it all. Hmm. I'm going to help you do a Las Vegas act, show you how to tell a joke. I'm going to teach you how to host a beauty pageant. And uh, of course, because of your theater arts, you studied Shakespeare. Great. He said, don't just be a spear, be a pitchfork. Hmm. In other words, my career has been to be not just a knife, but a Swiss army knife. So I'm a jack of all trades, maybe a, a master of none, really. Stop. <laughs> but I think it's this versatility that's kept me interested in doing this. Yeah. Hosting the Hollywood Squares and hosting That's Incredible mm -hmm. years ago. When I sat in for Johnny Carson, I sat in for Johnny Carson a lot as a guest host. Yep, I remember. I did sing on that show so people would know that. Would you welcome, please, Mr. John Davidson. Thank you, everybody. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Ed. New Year's resolutions. It is now January uh, 4th, and if you have not yet made your New Year's resolution, grab one from this song. Rudyard Kipling, Bakersfield boy, wrote this song, this poem, years ago, 100 years ago. If you can't find a New Year's resolution in this song, and you're just not listening. If you can keep your head while all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, you can trust yourself while all men doubt you But make allowance for their doubting too And if you can wait and not be tired by waiting Or being lied about, don't deal in lies Or being hated, don't give way to hating Yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. I have a lot of albums, so people do know that I sing. But right. yeah, setting in for Carson was interesting because you had to keep reminding yourself that you're temporary. This is not your seat. Johnny's name is on the pencils and the yeah. coffee cups. You know, it's his show. And Johnny was very nice to me and very supportive and asked me to come back again and again. But it was his show. It wasn't my show. And In the daytime, I took over the Mike Douglas show. And I had to try to fill Mike Douglas's shoes. I mentioned Music Man, who was the guy that did uh, Harold Hill on Broadway so much and in the movie, Robert Preston. So I began to realize when I did a lot of Music Man tours that I can't fill his shoes. What I discovered is that you have to buy your own shoes hmm. and you have to bring your shoes to the studio. So that was a revelation. I couldn't be Carson. I couldn't be Mike Douglas. At that time, I, I was very in awe of Robert Goulet, you know, the Broadway singers. Mm -hmm. yep. But then yep. as I began to play Vegas, began to listen more, 
I began to really admire the James Taylors and the John Denvers, mm. Kenny Rankin, and the more folk country people. And so now I really do more folk and country. I don't do any Broadway in the show at all, really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly, from what I've seen online, look like you're really, really enjoying yourself doing what you're doing right now. I love doing it. I think anybody's got to sit down and figure, what do you really love doing? What really makes you get out of bed in the morning? Especially as you get older, mm -hmm. you better figure that out because, you know, the runway is getting shorter. Right. But you make people happy. And I think that's super important. Sometimes. Sometimes you make people happy. No, sometimes <laughs> I don't. Whatever. I mean, sure. I like doing a show that has variety in it and that touches people. I think art has to touch people. A lot of people say, well, I make my music for myself. And if they don't like it, well, the hell with them. No. Right. I think art has to be received or, in my mind, it's not good enough. I mean, if no one understands what you're doing or what you're singing about, then I don't think it's good enough. A lot of people would disagree with that, that art can stand for itself. But I think it has to be received. It has to touch somebody. If you can't touch people with your songs, then what are you doing? You're just uh, hmm. playing with yourself. I would rather touch people. Yeah, no kidding. We were talking before we went on the air about the fact that you have a concert series. I think you're sort of hosting or and promoting up in New Hampshire. And, and you recently had an artist that we both know, Jim Trick. Yeah. He's a wonderful singer-songwriter, wonderful troubadour. Jim Trick is going to be around a long time. I think he's just beginning to see what his career could be. He's a wonderful artist. And I think the honesty that he deals with, he sure. appears to be improvising his show, although I, I think he's certainly well-prepared. But he opened for me when I played TCAN, yep. the Natick Performing Arts Center. And I invited him here to Club Sandwich. I've started this musical venue in Sandwich, New Hampshire, where I live, in the Lakes region little town called Sandwich. And so the venue is called Club Sandwich. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's a crazy name. I had a friend say, what is it, a deli? You got a pastrami sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. said, no, it's not a deli. We serve water and popcorn. But I'm singing every Friday and Saturday night all the way through till Halloween, till the end of October. Oh, that's great. Hey, we got to get people out there. This is a good time to plug that. That's fantastic to know. Thank you. You have other guests, obviously, right? Yes. And then Wednesday and Thursday, I present guest performers. We have Livingston Taylor here, who's just wonderful. Yeah, he's great. On Friday of this week. And we've had Cliff Eberhardt and Peter Mulvey. A dear. Yeah. Deborah Cowan and wonderful singers who oh, yeah. are yeah. all different, a great variety, but they all get the job done. It's just great. Fantastic that there's live music happening and that you're making it happen for the audience. Thank you. That's huge. Is the audience coming back, do you find? Yes, I get repeat people. My show's always different. I try to do a different show every time. I'm pulling from other shows that I've done over the years, and I put in a couple songs last night that I haven't sung since I played Past Seams. I played Past Seams twice, and mm -hmm. so I go back to stuff that I've used at Past Seam, and then stuff that I've used in Vegas years ago, but make it more intimate. You see, Club Sandwich is only 40 seats, it's a barn. Oh, wow. Great. It's in Center Sandwich in the Lakes region of New Hampshire. And it's very intimate. I had to learn how to play it because people are right close to me. <laughs> right there. Yeah. And they're all sitting on love seats and couches. Oh, that's great. It's like a house concert, basically. A little bit. It's like singing in somebody's living room. Yeah. Have you done a lot of that, house concerts? I have. I do house concerts. Yeah, I love it. Aren't they great? Yeah. It's a different feeling. You get people that are there because they're just friends of the family. You know? yeah. so Isn't that true? They didn't really yeah. come to see John Davidson. They came because <laughs> they like those people. Because there's good food at the intermission. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> it's fun. Are you recording anything coming up anytime? Yes, I am. I do a lot of new songs. I put a song in this show about a lady who I'm crazy about on TV. And she laughs as she shuffles her papers, tilts her head back, bends that long naked neck. She whispers, we've so much to cover tonight. All alone on my couch, I'm a wreck. I'm just mad about the matter. I've got it better. I'm mad about Rachel Maddow. I know she has another life. She goes home to her wife. We've so much in common. It's true. We're on the same mind. We're like two of a kind, cause... So I wrote a song about Rachel Maddow because I think she's just so incredible. Does she know? She should know. I sent it to her PR lady. I have a wonderful media person, Amy Malkoff, who actually books the room. Yep, she's great. Amy sent it to her PR person. I never heard back, but I just do it. I have a rear screen at Club Sandwich. It's a six by nine foot screen. And so I have pictures of her career and stuff. I also wrote a song called 60 Sucks, which I had to update to <laughs> 70 Sucks. And then now, 80 sucks doesn't have the same ring to it. No, I still can't believe you're hitting 80. Your voice is incredible. It's just beautiful. I also talk about marriage, being married a long time. My wife and I have been married for 38 years. And how to keep the romance going. I wrote a love song to my wife called, I Still Want to Be Your Superman. Aww. In my saggy blue suit and my faded old red wrinkled cape. I still want to be Superman in my saggy blue suit and my faded old red wrinkled cape. You used to fly with me till morning. Remember how we shared the great escape? You used to fly with me till morning. Remember how we shared Great You're still the fairest maiden in all my fantasies. I want to be your Superman. Why don't you fly away with me? Huh. You are still the fairest maiden in all my fantasies. I am your aging action hero. Only you would fly away with me. Now we're like an old pair of jeans, stretched to fit and faded blue. And I've kissed you in so many ways and places, girl. What can I do? What can I do that's new to you? We've shared so many secrets. Lovers have turned to friends You can read me like an open book Tell me, how does the story end? It's about a guy trying to get lucky with his wife and trying to keep the romance going, you know. <laughs>
I think that there's probably a lot of people who don't realize you write music. Yeah, I think so. I think it is a surprise to people at times. Yeah, that's okay. I like surprising people. Well, you've been pretty uh, present during this last year or year and a half that we've been going through what we've been going through. You've been very present on social media. It's a lot of fun to get your snippets during the day. Like today's was fun. Did you always live on the East Coast or did you spend some time on the West Coast? I grew up in West Bridgewater, Mass, outside of Brockton. My dad was a Baptist preacher. I'm a preacher's kid, even though I'm not religious at all. Mm -hmm. I'm just secular. And then we moved to New York City, and so I got into the New York scene because we moved to White Plains, New York. But I grew up in West Bridgewater and had a Pakyaka accent until I was about 14. Oh, yeah. I used to talk like Jay Leno. But <laughs> I love it. I was on tour in Wicked. I was playing The Wizard in Wicked, and I looked at real estate in Massachusetts. I thought, I'd like to get back to my roots. So we lived in the Berkshires for a while, the Western Mass out in the Berkshires where Tanglewood is. And mm -hmm. then I began looking at New yeah. Hampshire and I thought, yeah. well, am I going to be just another mass hole who winds up in New Hampshire <laughs> like, like somebody did? I never heard that. I never heard that saying. Mass hole? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. New Hampshire is full of mass holes and Vermont <laughs> vermins and Canadians. Uh <laughs> I'm from Montreal originally. I lived in New York and Philly. Yeah. Maniacs are from Maine, and that's what we in New Hampshire do. We think that we're perfect, and everyone around us yeah. is weird. I hear you. But I love the whole thing in New Hampshire. People are in your face, and I have more friends here now than I've ever had in any place that I've lived. Huh. Interesting. Of course, I've made the effort more. As I get older, I've found that yeah. how important buddies are and friends. And so I've gotten better at that. Yeah. Before COVID hit, were you touring outside of the Northeast much? Yes. But when my television shows went off the air in the 70s and 80s and sort of in the 90s, I was on TV a lot. I mean, I was really kind of overexposed. Yeah. The people who remember me as a singing entertainer are now... Over 50. They might have seen me on That's Incredible or Hollywood Squares. Right. But as far as being a singing entertainer, yeah. those people are 50 plus. So I'm looking for that older audience. I'm very involved in the Folk Alliance world. Sure. And I'm a percussionist for a bunch of singer-songwriters, like toured with Jonathan Edwards and Eric Anderson. And, and so that's my audience. Is your audience. Right. <laughs> I love Jonathan Edwards. He is a gem, a sweetheart, and funny yeah. as heck. And a great harmonica player, as well as a guitar player. Oh, I don't think he played harmonica when I saw him. Incredible harmonica player. Yeah, he tells a story about having to take his harmonicas out when he's going through customs or when he's going through immigration of any kind and having to demonstrate every single one of them for them. <laughs> they don't know what they are. He's a sweetheart and a great songwriter as well. Has been touring a lot and incredible fans. Yeah. I would love to have him a club sandwich, but I don't have the money. I can't afford him. Yeah, but maybe when he's going mm -hmm. through, I'll send him in your information because he lives up in, in Maine. We're booking guest artists on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I would love to get him to come, but have you had Vance Gilbert on? Oh, yeah. He was one of the first. He's one of my favorite people in the whole world. We had Vance oh. do the keynote speech at the conference that I used to help put on, which is NERFA, which is the Northeast Regional Focal Line. So I used to help run that thing. We had him as a keynote speaker mm. and ho, 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 put your seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Isn't he? He's my coach. Oh. I've been coaching with him for years. I've been to his house, and he came to my house once, and then we did it by Zoom during COVID. And Oh, that's great. Isn't he amazing? He does that as a workshop at these conferences where he'll pick out kids out of the audience, and these poor kids don't know what's happening to them. Right. And he'll say, hey, just do a song like you were at an open mic. 
And then he'll just give them all kinds of amazing tips. And it's amazing to watch him coach. Yeah. He came to Club Sandwich for five hours one day. Wow. And really helped me put together a show that was just right for this venue, for Club Sandwich. And he's full of ideas. Now that you mentioned you're working with him, just the tidbits I've seen online, you got a lot of Vance in you. Mm. Good. <laughs> I wish. I wish. That's awesome that you're working with him. Isn't he a sweetheart? And just as funny as he is a serious songwriter, like his serious songs mm -hmm. will knock your socks off and have you crying and then he'll have you laughing and, yeah. you know, the next moment. So that's really cool. I love what you're doing at Club Sandwich. Thank you. Everybody's got to get out there and check out John Davidson. What's coming up? We're closing the end of October. I'm every Friday and Saturday night. We're sold out through mid-September, but we put up extra seats. So if anybody's in the area, even though it says sold out on johndavidson.com, uh -huh. we can fit a few more people in. Oh, I'm playing uh, the Raz Room just with my guitar, just as a folk singer, entertainer. The Raz Room in November and I'm playing uh, Bull Run in Shirley, Mass. Oh, yeah. I've played that twice already. There are nice people down there, and I like that room there. Yeah. I'm enjoying having my own venue and presenting other entertainers. And mm -hmm. I'm presenting a lot of people from tours who are just dying to work now because of COVID. They weren't able to work. Yeah. So I'm able to get some people that are yeah. just dying to get out there. And then I'm playing some people who would be singing in places where people don't listen as much. Yeah, sure. Like bars and whatnot. Yeah. This is really a listening room. Okay. And that's another trick is to realize that, hey, you're in charge of the talk in between the songs. It can't just ramble. Mm -hmm. It has to lead to the next song. And you can't just tune forever. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think many of us who hold guitars get so involved with tuning. Yeah, yeah. We got to be careful of that. Can you talk while you're tuning? Can you do that? I don't tune during my show, quite honestly. Okay. Well, that's one thing Vance Gilbert said to me. Change your strings two days before. Yep. Not the night before, yep. two days before. Let them settle in and then tune them really well before the show. So I like people who go to the mic and take responsibility for the songs and for the communication with the audience at every moment. There is no letting down and going back and spending 30 seconds or 45 seconds picking up another guitar. Who is keeping the store? Yeah, yeah. You could lose them. You could lose them in that time. Of course. Yeah. Do you enjoy playing with other musicians or are you actually really enjoying the solo thing right now? Well, I enjoy the solo thing. I do. I think if I could afford it, to have a bass player, yeah, it adds so much to have a bass with a guitar. Yeah. But Vance Gilbert doesn't do that, and he just nope. knocks my socks off. So Yeah, well, he can play that bass part of his yeah. guitar like a bass player while he's playing the guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great. We know a lot of the same people. It's kind of cool. This is the first interview I'm doing where I have not met the artist. But, of course, I've known of you. I guess my whole life. Yeah. This is a real thrill. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Well, thanks for talking to me. It's very kind of you. Just in awe of the fact that, like you said, you've done pretty much a bit of everything. And I think you do do it well. So Thanks so much. There you go. Thanks. Do you miss television? No, I really don't. I'm not just saying that. I mean, I think yeah. at my age, I've had my shot pretty much to be a television thing. I could play the grandpa. <laughs> It would be different now. I like performing live. Yeah, yeah. And I must say, I do enjoy being the whole show. I've done a lot of Broadway musicals, and I think I would rather just do all the talking. <laughs> <laughs>
That's great. I love it. It's terrible to admit that, but I, <laughs> I don't have to listen to other actors do their lines. I can take control of the stage. And yep. after a director, like after Vance Gilbert has directed my show, then I can improvise. He's not there. He's not there when I'm doing the show. Right. And so I like that freedom. Right. I like creating musical bits and talk spots that touch people and make them care. I like the whole idea of trying to figure out how people perceive you. Somebody walks on stage, something about you, what you're wearing, what your guitar looks like, how you walk, what you look like, your presence has an effect. And I think each one of us who comes on stage needs to figure out what our effect is when we show up at a party or on a stage. Hmm. And if you can figure that out and use it, not in a phony way, but just realize what people are perceiving you as and play with that, maybe play against it at times, but play with it and use that. Mm -hmm. It becomes more fun and it's more effective. You could be a coach for up and coming artists too, you know. I better just coach myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I learn something new every day. I learn something new and I break so many rules and (laughs) the more I know, the less I know for sure. I wrote a song about it. I thought I would have all the answers by this point, by being in my seventies. I'm 79 now, but yeah. I wrote a song called Why. Down through the ages, wise men and sages, searching for knowledge they plunder. And so I've roamed and I've combed through the great ancient tomes. Now late at night, I wonder, why do men have nipples? How come Tarzan never had a beard? Why do bars have parking lots if I can't drink and drive? (laughs) Am I the only one who finds this weird? Why did Adam and Eve have navels? If your doctor's practicing, is he practicing on you? Why wash my bath towels? I'm clean when I use them. What are training bras training them to do? Why did kamikazes wear helmets? Why is a boxing ring square? How will I know when my invisible ink runs out? Why isn't mouse-flavored cat food in stores everywhere? (laughs) Why are there Braille dots on drive-up ATMs? (laughs) That's true. Here we are. are. Is the alphabet in that order just because of the song? (laughs) Why does Superman wear his underpants on the outside? And why have you let this song go on this long? (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Do you do that in your show? Yeah, of course. (laughs) That is brilliant. (laughs) I was enjoying that. You probably could go on. I wonder if people would send you verses that they think of. That'd be kind of funny, actually. Yeah. Or you could probably just keep adding to that song forever. Yeah. Why are there no canaries in the Canary Islands? And in the Virgin Islands. Easy, easy. Yeah. (laughs) So I I leave a pause after that. And so, and in the Virgin Islands, there are no canaries either. (laughs) You know, it's a joke. It's silly. It's silly. Oh, I know. And I don't get out much. So I'm enjoying this. That's great. I got to ask you something I ask every guest. I hope you don't mind. There is nothing you could ask me that I would mind. Uh, Okay, then. Tell us something silly, weird, crazy, fun about yourself that people would never guess in a million years. I think people would think that I think I did the perfect show. It's a standing ovation. They're cheering and I walk off and say, 
I have never done the perfect show. I'm still trying to get my show right. <laughs> After every show, I make a list of five things that I could have done better. Wow. Really? Yeah. Huh. You're hard on yourself. I'm just self-critical. And I listen to that voice inside my head, which is often has a lot of self-doubt. Maybe that comes from being older, but I've so seldom gotten it really right. I mean, really right. I love it when I'm great, and I'm so often hmm. not great. I'm good. I'm good. So I think people would think that I have more confidence than, <laughs> than I do. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think that's normal for most artists. Yeah. But that's a lesson that when I speak to high schools, and I always say, you know, there's an expression, ready, aim, fire. Hmm. And I say, ready, you know, get yourself ready, get as much education as you can, work on your craft, rehearse and rehearse, make sure you really know your material. So get ready and then fire hmm. and then aim it on the next show. Your second show will always be better with that material. But if you wait until your stuff is really perfect, oh, you'll be as old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> So don't do that. Don't do that. Ready, yeah. fire, aim. You know? Wow. I'm not yeah. saying don't rehearse and don't really work at it and make sure you really know what you're doing. But then just do it. Just get up and do it. That's great advice. That yeah. is great advice. Yeah. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Anybody at any age can use that advice. So thank you. Sure. Sure. This has been a real treat for me because I'm a fan, but I just appreciate you uh, taking the chance to uh, get on this show with us. This has sort of been a COVID project that Sean and I started about a year ago, and we've been having a lot of fun and introducing people to new audiences, and hopefully that will translate to more butts and seats at venues and more purchasing of albums and stuff. I appreciate you taking a chance on me. I mean, you, you didn't know. I'm not your typical folk singer, and I appreciate that, and, and thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks. yeah, and I look forward to coming out to Sandwich and catching a show, for sure. Okay, me too, yours. Thanks. All right, awesome. And thank you so much, folks. You've been listening to John Davidson on FolkPod. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Oh, you know what? You did mention your website, actually, right? Yeah. I, I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah, I th yeah. Because I usually ask, you know, where can people find you online? But I think yeah. you already mentioned it. So it's it's cool. Glenn, GlennCampbell dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Folkpod is a production of Long Story Short with me, Cheryl Prashker, your host, producer, and lead schmoozer, and Shauna Boniface, creator, producer, and editor. Like and subscribe to Folkpod wherever you get your podcasts, and please give us five stars on iTunes. It really helps raise our profile for more listeners. Catch us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Folk Pod. Thanks for listening, and hope to see you next time.